Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. We need some of that applause in the background, some of that crowd noise sound effect. Put that on the docket for tomorrow. Welcome, everybody. Two guys at a mic show. TalkZone.com Thursday edition. Rainy, wet, windy here in the fine city of Chicago. But we mire on in the world of sports here. A little sports talk action from 10 all right, up until 11 o'clock. Big Dog and the coach at your service. Talk a little baseball today. we got Game 5, Mavs and the Heat. Little hockey action, Stanley Cup Finals yesterday. The Bruins win yet again. We'll jump off the sports page as we always do. But right now, let's jump into the fine music of the TalkZone.com. You give me a cup of coffee in the morning and the TalkZone.com preview music, and that's all I need to get going. That's all I need. You give me those two things, not necessarily in that order, by the way. And that's about all we need to get going here. Outstanding. David Olson, our producer, on the other side of the glass. Big dog and a coach. We uh, do not have big dog on the line just yet. The thumb is down. The last couple of days, the thumb's been up. And uh, anytime Dr. David Olson gives me the thumbs up sign, again, I think I mentioned it yesterday, it's either Joel's on the line or it's time for my colonoscopy checkup. And I hope it's uh, I hope it's not the latter. You know, sometimes David likes to play the doctor here, and it's just every time he tells me in our production meeting to turn and cough, it's time to worry. Eight 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 four six three sixty seven forty eight. The phone number you want to check in triple eight four six three six seven four eight. Talkzone.com. Game five last night. The Miami or uh, coming up today rather the Miami Heat taking on the Dallas Mavericks. Kind of odd, also. Somebody help me on here. Why? In the NBA Finals, did they go to the 2-3-2 segment? Game 5 going to be in Dallas today. Uh, you know, and if you want to, I mean, the 2-3-2, you can argue back and forth whether you like that better than the 2-2-1-1-1 format for who's going to be the home team. And you can go back and forth on that. Uh, you know, there's a cost savings in the 2-3-2. But, but why would the first three rounds be two at home Two on the road and then one, 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 and then the finals. They change it all up and go two, three, two. That seems odd to me. I'm sure David Stern and the fine uh, cohorts at the NBA, National Basketball Association Administration, have some reasoning behind it. But just as an outsider, it seems a little bit odd. All right, I'm getting the thumbs up sign. we got to compliment Randy Myers, engineer extraordinary. Apparently has fixed the lines here, got everything settled. Randy is the uh, clearly, clearly the unsung hero of this show. Uh, and without him. Without him today, we would not have been able to hurt the vocal tunes of a Mr. Joel Radwanski as we welcome Joel onto the show. Joel, how are you? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Hopefully the vocal tones are all right for uh, the simple fact that last night, after getting out of the pool, came out of the house, left the phone outside. Next thing you know, uh, you know, I was with the girlfriend, so I wasn't text messaging every 37 seconds. So I didn't realize my phone wasn't attached to me. And then right when I'm about to go to bed, I'm like, my phone ran out and it was all wet. 
Not good. You sound, you sound, your your phone sounds good. You sound a little down, but your phone sounds fine. Oh no, 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 that's good. Then, then I feel that I'm absolutely fine. Uh-huh. And coach, the reason why the NBA does the playoffs the way they do, yeah. is because the first three rounds you're typically going to be in a city close to you because there's an East and a Western conference. Interesting. So the finals will end up being Boston versus Los Angeles, mm-hmm. or it's going to end up being, you know. Uh, you know, Chicago, Portland, it's going to be a long, long flight. So Interesting. That's, that's All right. So you got, it that way. you got the whole Western Conference against the Eastern Conference. Now, you know, in this day and age, the flights go pretty quick. So, you know, if you think it's the fairest way to go 2-2-1-1-1, and certainly money cannot be a factor when you're talking the NBA Finals, I wouldn't think so. It's still, it's a good explanation. Thank you for that. It still seems a little odd, though. You know, should it make any difference whatsoever? Shouldn't the best team win? Is two three two that much an advantage? Yeah, um, the home team. I, you know, somewhere in between your quandary. I think it's a little more than minor, but you're right. Let's not overstate it. But but I do think it's a factor. If I, if I were the, uh, I think for the for the team that does not get the four home games, I like the two two one 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 much better. I don't like the last two games, both at the home of the opposing team. All I know is this is the the team that we love the most, the Chicago Bulls. When they're in the finals mm-hmm. on the road, they were like ten and one in road games. Yep. So I, like I I I don't really think it matters. You go out there, you play as best you possibly can, mm-hmm. make a difference. Yeah, I, I've always said that you know teams. Why don't we play the whole season to get the you know to get the home court advantage, the home ice advantage? That's what we worked so hard for during the. You know, 82-game regular season in hockey. We've earned the home ice advantage. And then they go out in the first game and they lose their first game. And so whatever series they happen to be in, the team that, you know, supposedly we spent 82 games working for the home ice advantage in one game. So much for that. Thank you very yeah, much. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you really like a, like a, a veteran, like like a veteran hockey player, they ask him, hey, why are you guys resting the last week of the season? Don't, mm-hmm. you, want a, don't you want the home ice advantage? No, we'll just win the first game of the series and yeah. the team we're playing. No, that would be a great answer. Yes, I like that. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, yeah. Not exactly politically correct, but I like that. All right, big dog uh, joining us. Uh, you sound like uh, outside of the fact your cell phone spent a couple hours out in the rain today, big dog. You sound like you're doing well. Everything uh, functional in your life, always good in the world, even though it's not exactly a beautiful day outside. Well, it, uh, it's it's a gorgeous day outside, coach. Come on, beautiful up every day. I love your philosophy. I still think of it from time to time. Each day, best day of my life. Best day of my life. Best day of my life. I love going out in the rain, Coach. Uh As a bike rider, yes, it is not fun being in the rain. I will tell you that much. Mm -hmm. But... uh, uh, we'll see. I'm, I'm supposed to do my first softball game tonight, so I, that's the only thing that little bothers me is I got to go downtown, possibly not work. Yeah, That'd be a good thing. Yeah, see, that's that's not good. You won't be able to find out in advance, huh? Well, I'm going to be able to, hopefully I'll be able to find out, but yeah. I was supposed to pick up the equipment. I was also supposed to do a couple other things. So, mm-hmm. uh, whatever. All I know is, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm healthy. There's plenty to talk about in the world of sports. Best day of my life, my friend. Best day of my life. By the way, you, you mentioned bicycling in the, in the rain. I think I've mentioned this before, but jogging. There's something really cool about jogging in the rain, getting out there and running in the rain. There's a, there's a certain bravado. You know, cars pass you by, people looking at you like, you know, now, you know, if it's lightning out, you know, then, then they're looking at you like you're a freaking, you know, crazy meanie. But I'm talking about like at a medium level, maybe light to medium rain. You're out there running. You're showing the world you are a Mr. Fitness, my friend. There's something, there, there's a certain bravado about that, I believe. Yeah, because not only, uh, you know, 
does the run get tougher as it goes on because you're running longer, but now you're adding weight from all the rain. By the end, it's like Rocky going up the, the like the, the stairs mm-hmm. up of the, the, that place in Philadelphia. Yeah. The coach. Yeah. How, like when you get home, is that how you act? Hands up? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Little bit, little bit of the Rocky theme going on. Now I've only got one step leading up to my front door, so instead of going up the steps like Rocky did, I just do fifty times up the one step and then raise my arms up in the air, and all the neighbors think, uh, you know, as per usual, they got a very strange neighbor. Yeah. yeah. What are you gonna do? We still have our universal flag flying outside the house. I'm very proud of my uh, wife and two kids who do not like it and don't necessarily understand it, but they uh, go along with it. The universal flag flying outside the cone house, big dog. Uh, and again, people confuse it for the uh, gay pride flag, but it is not. It's the universal flag, and it symbolizes my friend. And you can go on the website, universalflag.com. You can go on their Facebook page. It symbolizes all countries together. We're all in it together, not just a country flag, but it's basically a flag, my friend, for the planet Earth. You know, Coach, I think the only time you're ever going to get your wish for all the countries coming together is when we finally get invaded by aliens. I think that's when you're you're going to finally get that, Coach. That's what it's going to take for all the countries to come together. Other than that, I, I it's a pipe dream, buddy. I'm, I hate to tell you that, break it to you. It's I like I like your mentality, and I like your vision, mm-hmm. but the execution is going to be pretty much impossible. All right, well, see, I got a little distracted here. I'm going to read to you off of, uh, I sent this to the Universal Flag Company. David Olson, take note here now. This is my theory, totally off the sports page here. We, we've we've gone completely uh, kaput here as per usual, not following our distinct and organized program schedule that producer extraordinaire David Olson works so hard on from 945 to 947 every morning. <laughs> All right, what I sent, Big Dog, and what I have created is the pledge of the planet Earth. Okay? You've heard of the Pledge of Allegiance, right? Yeah. Sure. All right. This, this. I've heard of that. And, and I'm sure other countries have a similar type thing. Maybe kids recite or adults recite. Maybe they don't. I don't know how unique. Uh, everyone's got their national anthem. I don't know how unique the Pledge of Allegiance is. But this, this would be something, if we can spread the truth, and I'm counting you as an ambassador, counting on you as an ambassador, that all kids... In all schools throughout the world, at the beginning of the day, maybe the end of the day, whatever it might be, parents, you know, as they tuck their kids into sleep, you can remind the kids to say that the pledge of the planet, a, a, a symbol, that it's not just, you know, individual, it's not just our country, that we're all in it together. Are you ready for it real quick? Yes, coach, real quick I am. <laughs> I can see you're thrilled with this idea. All right, I pledge. This is created by me, by the way. So, you know, if it becomes famous, you heard it here first on Two Guys in a Mic. This is a John Cohn original. Yes, I pledge to the planet Earth my full support and respect to be kind and considerate of others who inhabit it and to help out our fellow mankind in any way we can and to remember that we are all of one, to respect each other, to celebrate our differences, and to always help those in need. Our goal together, peace, freedom, Happiness and health to all. Together we can. Together we are one. Not bad, coach. Thank you Not very bad. much. The pledge of the play. I like the. You know, I, I know it's. Thank you very much. Oh, it's a shot in the dark, big deal, but it's something I would like to promote. And again, I'm counting on you as a, a potential ambassador. Hey, coach, I got to tell you, it sounds it sounds much more lovely in Portuguese. <laughs> Yeah, we'll have to translate it like in 18 different languages. But I got to tell you, I think you hit it right on the, on the head. 
seriously. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, you know, once we have Ronaldo say it, you know, <laughs> from his native Brazil, then then we really have always struck it. All right. If you can, uh, you know, give me a little Philip. Read it back to me in uh, can, Filipino, uh, maybe know. tomorrow. I'll uh, would we'll be Tagalog. Okay, yeah, and I'll be I'll be more than happy uh, to do that. Thank you very much. Thank uh, you very much. The, the one issue is you have to make it less than 144 characters so you can tweet it. Mm, interesting. I've got it on the Universal Flag Facebook page. That's what I was reading it off. I just sent it to the, the Facebook. But I've got a couple of people who like it. Oh no, no, definitely. I, I, I'll have to I'll have to go on there and like it for you, Coach. Uh-huh. A couple more likes. Thank you. Beautiful. Thank you very much, Big Dog. Uh, 888-463-6748. More weird theories and uh, universal functionings as they happen here in the Two Guys in a Mic show. It's one of the charms of this show, Big Dog. You never quite know what you're going to get, and part of it is because we never quite know what we're going to be doing. But, you know, it comes at you at various times. we got a lot of baseball to talk about. It is a game of five tonight. The Heat take it on the Mav. No rest for the weary. They're playing a lot of back-to-back-to-backs here. we got a little NHL hockey to talk about as well. And again, the phone lines will be open. 888-463-6748. Let's open it up with Baseball Talk. Big Dog, the team that you all love and are so passionate about your Chicago Cup, finally breaking the eight-game losing streak, dog. They beat Cincinnati yesterday 4-1. to Pretty nice pitching performance from uh, Ryan Dempster and the bullpen. Yeah, a really nice pitching performance, and Dempster was throwing pitches that he he normally doesn't throw, uh, but he was able to, to hold the red down uh, long enough, and the bullpen, a phenomenal job, only allowed one base runner. Uh, the whole bullpen. So uh, yeah. a good all-around team performance yesterday for the Cubbies. And that bullpen you're talking about, it's a pretty good. They've had their slip-up, but overall the strength of the Cubs, that threesome of Kerry Wood, Sean Marshall, and Carlos Marmol. Those guys are a pretty good trio. Yeah. Considering that the Cubs have the highest ERA in baseball, <clears throat> you know what I mean? The the, the seventh, eighth, and ninth inning guys have been phenomenal for the Cubs all season long. Mm-hmm. little hip strain for Ryan Dempster before the game warming up. They were debating you almost... Almost was a game time scratch. They were going to have to throw a James Russell or, you know, somebody out of the bullpen was going to have to come in and try to go five or six innings. Had the injured hip. Now he said his curveball and his slider were working particularly good. Big dog, you've been out there on the mound at uh, a semi high level of baseball. Is it, can it be sometimes when your body's not functioning normally, you make adjustments and all of a sudden your pitches maybe have a little bit more movement? They do some different things that they're not used to and somehow he had control of it. Yeah, absolutely, Coach. You know, because these guys are so set in doing something one way and they're holding a ball a certain way, you do something maybe just a little tiny bit different, and it can cause a dramatic difference in how the ball moves, Coach. Mm-hmm. Totally. Or or maybe it was just the fact that he was hurt and he really concentrated that, on being fundamentally yep, sound. That happens, too. And he went back, and it just had a really solid performance. That's a good point. And, uh, you know, from my great experience playing intramural sports, <laughs> uh, it, it is true, is it not, Big Doe, that sometimes pain, pain can be a tremendous mental focuser? Yeah, yeah. Right? I, I, I totally agree with you. I've played with with a lot of injuries, Coach, believe it or not. I'm not just talking about, like, being bruised up, I mean, yeah. or sprains. I've had broken bones and been out of the. Yeah, all your other stuff, you know, worrying about the plays, worrying about your teammates, your playing time, your nervousness out of the bound, the girlfriend on the stand, the fat pain. 
physical pain, you don't have time to think of that other stuff. It's You may not want it to, but it really does. It makes you focus pretty much on the pain, and, and you don't have much more to concentrate on than your performance at the very time. Maybe we should hurt Ryan Dempster more often. I don't know how happy he'd be about it, Coach. Yeah. Yeah, but but, but we will have to check into that. How about like a you know a little wooden four by four on the back of the knees to a Starlin Castro before he goes out to play shortstop? How about just the wooden spoon? Because that they used to work for me as a kid. Okay, something because because <laughs> that they used to work for me. Hello, he's still there. Yeah. Okay. I used to work with the silver spoon. He's that didn't work as well. But you went with the wooden spoon. I I wouldn't mind getting me with a silver spoon, Coach. Mm -hmm. I didn't say getting. Oprah can do it with me. Well, yeah. No, the the reason is to improve our sports performance, Big Dog, not for some cheap. (laughs) Thank you very much. Carlos Pena hit a a two-run homer yesterday. Ramos Ramirez jacks one out. That's a good sign he can start in. Carlos Pena's been uh, better the last month, Big Dog. Picking up a little bit. Let's hope maybe if those two guys get hot, you know, the Cubs could go on a little mini streak. Yeah, that that's a good way to put it. He's been better, you know. He's gonna, you know, hopefully he ends up the year hitting about two forty five and mm-hmm. like thirty five home runs. He's got he's got nine now. He's really gonna go on a binge pretty soon, coach, because he's it was really cold, you know, for a long time, yeah. and he kept on hitting like Warner track fly balls. So how many so how many homers did you say? Nine, I'm assuming. No, no, no. How many do you anticipate? Twenty five or thirty five? Thirty five. Oh, that would be good. I mean, he's on pace right now for yeah. uh, high 20s. He'll be he'll be in the right. mid 30s. Right. He, he hits 40, 45 almost every single season. Right. 35 homers, pretty solid. Pretty solid. Maybe take that 240 if we could inch it up just a little bit up to maybe about 260 and cut down on the strikeouts. But he, he he's a guy that I knew nothing about before the start of the season. But uh, I like the cut of his jib. I like his attitude, like the way he carries himself. I'm not saying he's the greatest player in the major leagues, but I enjoy the uh, the work ethic of a Carlos Pena. I understand where you're coming from, Coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, he's a nice guy. Yeah. But he's definitely not, hopefully, the future first baseman of the Chicago Cubs. Unless they have seven other guys that are going to hit around 300 and be on base all the time, mm-hmm. then you can get away with a fact you're going to have a guy that's going to strike out 180 times and only hit 230 in the middle of your lineup. Now, speaking of speaking of which, you know who might be the future first baseman for the Chicago Cup? Well, there's a lot of different people saying different stuff. What are you talking well, about? Well, I'm talking about the draft, the baseball draft yesterday in the seventh round out of uh, Oak Christian High School out in California, Trevor Gretzky. A first baseman, the son of Wayne, drafted by the Chicago Cubs. We don't know if he's going to go to San Diego State or come to the Cubs, but he is a first baseman only, big dog tall. And uh, surprise, surprise, with Gretzky being his dad, he's got tremendous eye-hand coordination. Yeah, and that's no surprise whatsoever. And uh, they say the only reason why he went so late in the draft is because they're not sure what was going to happen, what he was going to do, go to San Diego State or uh, you know, maybe if the Cubs throw enough money at him, they get a steal mm-hmm. in the seventh round. Well, it's that and the fact that he apparently uh, not a good runner, and he's pretty limited to first base. He's not a tremendous athlete, not a great fielder, but but uh, he can hit the ball. And if he can hit the ball and play first base a little bit, you'll find a spot in the major leagues. How cool is that, Wayne? Uh, Trevor Gretzky, seventh round pick. They also picked Sean Dunstan's kid. Did you see that? Sean Dunstan Jr. Yes. Wonder how they came up with that name. So another Sean that spells his name the wrong way. 
One of my favorite players of all time. It might be the most misspelled name. Shawan. Well, if you just think of the name Sean, yeah. you can spell it a million different ways. Well, you got your S-E-A-N. You got your S-H-A-W-N. Yeah. You got your S-H-A-U-N. So there's at least three, but now he goes by... S-H-A-W-O-N. There you go. There you go. But I'm telling you, Senior was one of my all-time favorite players, Big Dog. Loved to watch him play. Nobody hustled. Nobody tried more, sometimes to a fault, than Shawan Dunstan, even though he would swing at balls that are... Uh, he made Alfonso Soriano look like he had a good command of the strike zone. Oh, yeah. He did. I don't <laughs> think Dunstan had more than a three-pitch at bat for uh, until, like, 1987, Coach. Mm-hmm. It took, uh, his first year, 85, oh, it was, that was brutal. It was hard to watch, Coach. Mm-hmm. You would see, like, the best player in baseball for, like, one play and then... It was kind of Stalin Castro-esque. Mm-hmm. Not as dramatic, though. Yeah, no, definitely um, You know, not the best player. He did make his mistakes, but just as far as exciting to watch. And, again, I just love the fact that he gave it his all. He hustled at all times. I always uh, respected that of uh, Shawan Dunson. Remember when he would pick up a ground ball, sometimes coming in for a grounder? He'd be oh. like, you know, 30 feet away from the first baseman. He'd throw it as hard as he could. Yeah, and the guy would it's- he could have handed it to the guy. Yeah, he yeah. He'd wind up and he'd wait till the runner was right nearby. He had a gun of an arm, by the way, Shawan Dunson. And then he would fire it as hard as he could. Mark Grace, a lot of times, was on the receiving end of that. And people did not appreciate what a great fielding first baseman was. Mark Grace was, and primarily for handling uh, the various arrays of hard thrown balls from Shawan Dunson. That would could be anywhere, Coach. That could have been anywhere. <laughs> You know, like the whole the whole thing where a first base is not supposed to step out towards the ball until he sees where the ball's going. Right. He'll be out of, that, well, he, he had to learn <laughs> that dramatically when he was playing for Sean Dunstan. Yeah, it. Sean Dunstan, number one overall pick in the draft in 1982. Wow, I forgot about that. Number one overall. Uh-huh. And uh, you know who went either fourth or fifth that year to the Mets? <sighs> to the Mets. Gary Carter. Come on, Coach. Gary Carter was uh, played for the Expos in the 70s. Okay. Gary Carter, a very sick man right now, by the way. Oh, is he really? Yeah, he's got cancer, and I think it's it's not good. Okay. Uh, Mets, oh, uh, not Tom Seaver. No, no, that's still too early. Tom Seaver! Later than Tom Seaver. Sean Dunstan was the first pick. Which Met was a fourth or fifth pick? I don't and it was. It's one of the most celebrated players of all time. When he was a rookie, he set records. It was oh, uh, Dwight Gooden? Yeah, can you believe that? It was wow. like Dwight Gooden was one of the few high school pitchers that actually came through and made it. Uh-huh. Was uh, you know like a legitimate pitcher. Interesting. Those, those high school pitchers are hard to take. You take those phenoms and like hardly ever do they make it. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that was uh, it was like a, a big debate and uh, who's going to take uh, Dwight Gooden? Who's going to take Dwight Gooden? Well, the Mets took him. It ended up working out, except for the fact that he enjoyed uh, New York a little bit too much <laughs> off, off the field. Yeah. Wow. So. <laughs> yeah. Hey David, you had uh, some memories, some thoughts on, on a show. Oh, no, 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 no. It's just an, uh, just a tangent. Oh, I'm Mark Grace. Yeah speaking, yeah, speaking of Mark Grace. Yeah, I think I know what's coming. Go ahead. Uh, bad evening for him. What happened? Little, little Dennis Unger Engelson. Little DUI edge. A uh, little bit, a little bit. Looking that way for a Mark Grace. It can happen, big dog. It can happen. Mark Grace. He's finally married, but yeah, apparently, uh, reportedly, anyways. A little DUI edge out in uh, beautiful Arizona. Yeah, well, get somebody to drive you home. 
<laughs> it's funny, though. It, ha- it happened on May 30th, and it's just getting reported now. Interesting. Interesting. I've heard him do games since. Maybe. So, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, Maybe that'll get Anthony Weiner out of the news, Big Doe. I don't think it's going to do it for him. It's getting even worse for this guy. Wow. I hope something happens to get that story out of the uh, the front page. Have you heard of the new stuff coming out? Yeah, apparently Andrew Breitbart's got another picture. You know, he had all kinds of stuff. And Weiner, you're a liar. You don't have anything. And he's like, no, I I wouldn't talk to me that way. Yeah, he may not be a liar, but he's still a sleaze. Yeah, did. Well, no, no, no. What happened was he, he he said, oh, I got my ace in the hole. I got the dirty picture. Yeah. He's going on all these programs, and he's showing it to people on the iPhone, on his uh, iPhone. Right. And he was on Opie and Anthony in New York mm-hmm. who filmed their show. So when he's passing around the iPhone with oh, the lovely. picture, they captured a picture of it and sent it out all over lovely. the web, so it's released. Yeah, so. well, he did say in the press conference that he has sent out explicit photos, so you got to believe. Oh, yeah, he, the explicit photo he had in his possession is now public. Yeah. Oh, lovely. Lovely. I, I hope the guy still stays in office, by the way. Not that I want to spend the next 20 minutes talking about Anthony Weiner, but, uh, you know, once the story dies down, it's like the Bill Clinton thing. Everybody talks about the, the sexcapades with Bill Clinton. Such a minor, minor thing for all the uh, other activities, all the good that Bill Clinton did. And, I, you know, some great social programs, and I thought for a pretty good presidency. Same thing with Anthony Weiner. If you forget the stupid stuff that's going on, not that it's insignificant, but it is personal that it will be dealt with by him by wife and maybe by the courts but uh you know more importantly big dog is this guy has been a fighter are you talking nancy pelosi about that then huh? well you know nancy pelosi has she's affected by the issues too i'm looking at it from the outside i'm not as nearly connected i'm also not female so maybe nancy pelosi's a little more affected by it but uh more important than what he has done in this whole sexting thing is look at his record of what he has done fighting for causes out there, I think uh, I think if you check out his record, pretty good guy. What, what I found uh, funny was he he apologized to Bill Clinton. Today. Well, there there's a connection. There. Bill Clinton was in his wedding. I think the 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 young lady he married is Hillary Clinton's like assistant, yes. personal assistant. Yeah, and they've only been married like ten months. So you know, you would think something like this maybe after you know ten years of marriage, ten months. Ten months and he's on the cell phone. I go, geez, take it easy. And she's pregnant. That oh, she is. Too. And she's pregnant. So nice touch. Timing yeah, is yeah, everything. Yeah, this whole this whole story gets seedier and seedier. Timing is everything. But, but, but my point, big dog, is beyond the sex. As long as nobody is hurt by it and he hasn't forced himself on it, it's a little bit of a sickness. It's not good. The lying was not good, but he did it as a cover-up for something embarrassing. I don't think he lied to hurt anybody. i got to say some people, I, Twitter and Facebook and Friendster and all these other people have to figure out a way to make it not so easy to upload photos. Well, that's true. Why, do you have some photos that could be coming out? As- I, you have no idea. It's like a fear of mine. <laughs> <laughs> okay? I haven't even opened my Facebook section on my phone. All right, say- I, I won't even do it. Next thing I know, there's going to be. Uh, right. I can just imagine my girlfriend. So you're, <laughs> you're making that statement from a very personal nature. Absolutely, hey. coach. Total innocent mistake. Because some nerd decided that some 85 year old couldn't figure out how to upload pictures anymore. Mm-hmm. They made it so easy on Facebook that you could just open up your Facebook application, and next thing you know, you download like five photos onto your 
That's the last thing you want to do is open up your photos and your Facebook application mm -hmm. at the same time on your phone. Yeah, and a, and a lot of people are realizing that now, but unfortunately maybe did some things beforehand before they realized how easy it could be uplifted or uploaded. I got to tell you something. A friend of mine, Rita Karras. Yeah. Whoa, what she uploaded one day on, on Facebook. Unbelievable. Were you uplifted by the pictures? I got to tell you something. I was able to download them fast enough before she was able to take them <laughs> off. So you got you got one person uploading and you got another person downloading. Who won, who was quicker? <laughs> I'm not kidding you. I downloaded them and then sent her a message. Hey, Rita, you might want to take them off for Facebook. She's like, OMG. You know, and then I, did, I have a letter know that I actually kept them. <laughs> oh. It's a, a modern day quandary, Big Doug. A modern day quandary. So she will have to worry for the rest of her life that you could release those photos. Or, she, or not just me. How many other people who are her friends on Facebook that uh -oh. saw that? You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. I'm not being crazy, Coach. I don't have any pictures. Not good. Not good. All right. Uh, back to the uh, sporting world here. 888-463-6748. Big Dog and a coach at your service. Uh, talking some baseball here. We should mention Seattle knocked off our Chicago White Sox yesterday 7-4. to Sox were looking for a sweep, Big Dog, and it was a pretty good game because they came back with a big two-run homer in the eighth inning. Carlos Quentin. His second homer of the game ties it up. That was a big momentum builder. Boy, you come back, you sweep Seattle, all of a sudden the feel-good starts to go, but in the 10th inning it fell apart. Uh, Sergio Santos not able to do the job. Seattle wins the game 7-4. Coach, it's not like Sergio Santos couldn't do the job. Why does Juan Pierre not catch that ball in the in, in the top of the inning? That's ridiculous. Yeah. To be caught. That was the one where the infielder infielder coming back, Juan Pierre coming in. Yes, and uh, the Brent Morrell should the third baseman should have been nowhere near that ball. Juan Pierre's got to call him off mm -hmm. and catch the ball. And don't forget the ball landed about yep about a foot and a half away from Juan Pierre's glove, who had slowed totally down mm -hmm. and fell to the ground without even trying to catch uh, the ball. Now, <laughs> let me ask you. I'm going to ask David Olson first. I want a more. Uh, uh, non-baseball expertise opinion. I, I've kind of brought this stuff up before. Major League Baseball. Okay. Let's take preseason and maybe a little bit during the season. How often, if any, maybe you're going to tell me they don't. Does a Major League Baseball team, does a coach get out there and instruct and actually run them through drills where the infielder is backing up, the outfielder coming in, communication? Do they take that stuff for granted, David, or do you think at the Major League level, did they practice that fairly simple play? I think it depends on the coach, to tell you the truth. I really do. So I, 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 think, I think the more successful coaches, yeah, they do okay. concentrate they, they on don't the basics take this. like that. No, they don't take that stuff for, yeah. for granted. Other coaches do. Yeah. Other coaches I, do. I always find that part fascinating. What do, what do you think, Big Doe? Uh, coach, I always go back to this, but I know the Yankees go over all that because you know the Yankees came up with like spring training yeah. and all that other stuff. They, I, I would bet you they have that in their arsenal. And and, I, and Dave, you're exactly right. It's some do and some don't. And, and don't you think every major leaguer knows if an outfielder yells, the well, outfielder has it. Yeah. Okay? If a catcher and an infielder yell, the infielder has right. it. Right. Okay. If uh, if it's an outfielder and an outfielder, the center fielder has it. Okay, if it's uh, if it's a corner infielder or a middle infielder, the middle infielder mm -hmm. automatically has it. If it's between center field and left field, the center fielder is told you go for the. No, I'm sorry, the left fielder. 
is told, you go for the ball. If you don't hear anything, it's your ball. The center fielder, if you want it, you must call it. Yes. Right? But they all know that. But don't you need to be reminded of it? Don't you need to practice it? I find it fascinating that teams at the highest level don't practice that, what sometimes can be very critical play. Coach, you could have put me out at in left field yesterday for the Chicago White Sox for one play, and if I was yep. coming in and saw Brett Morrill, I would be yelling, mine, 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 mine. Yep. Right? You know, I would have. Yeah. And I haven't played. So the fact that I don't, I don't think you need to have a, a uh, what do you call it, a drill on that particular one. I think everybody should know by mm. now. I don't know about that. I, I used to run a drill called the Bermuda Triangle drill. I'd put the team out there, all nine positions, and I would toss up the ball between three of them, maybe you know where the short uh, between short, third, and left, or between catcher, pitcher, first base, or between second base, right field, center field. You toss the ball, and you just tell the guys, hey, a blooper, a little blue pit like that, it cannot drop. Period. If the if the hitter's good, you still with us, big dog? Oh, I'm with okay. You. If a hitter's going to hit a line drive. God bless him. He deserves the base hit. Stay back. Don't play a single into a triple. But if it's a bloop, if it's up in the air, they don't deserve to get a hit. That ball must be caught. And then you go over your communication thing. But I think you got to practice it. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's. I understand what you're coming from, Coach. I'm talking about like maybe a, a spring training day. Mm-hmm. You go over to everybody on the team. This is what you do. And after that, there's so many other things that you need to to work on as a as a major league player. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think it should be ingrained in somebody's head. But last night on that play, the, the way like the first thing that was said is right when the ball hit the ground. All Steve Stone said was that ball was up in the air for a long time. Yep, that, that's how he described it. Kind of like how you said, if the ball's up in the air, he doesn't deserve a hit. That was that was what a great pitch by Sergio Santos. Okay, and he gets that result, and then next thing you know. The floodgates open. The guy's on second base. It's mm-hmm. a double. That's how the ball was in the air. It was played into a double, and it was only uh, – well, actually, Brent Rowe was way out into left field. Right now, Juan Pierre is playing left field as well as Ryan Brown, Brown, which is bad. It's one player above Alfonso <laughs> Soriano. He did, to be fair, he made a game-saving catch about a week ago. Yeah, and don't forget the catch that he in Toronto, where instead of going for the ball, he just turns and runs right into the wall. As, as I'm sure Dave Olson knows that the bases were loaded, they would have got out of the yeah, that's, and that's, the game. That's the play I'm talking about. I'm talking about the game where though he was going right for the wall, the ball the ball was coming and he was about to catch the ball and decided to duck and he slammed into the wall. Three days later, he made the catch. You're talking about coach. Okay. I think Isaac Gian said something to him. Okay. He had to have because that cost them the ball game. And mm-hmm. then it was funny. Three days later, same exact catch he makes instead of uh, chickens out. Interesting. Interesting. White Sox lose to Seattle 7-4. Chance to gain a little ground on both Cleveland and Detroit. Go down the two, but they still win two out of three. Still playing decent baseball. Oakwood A's come to town for a four-game series. We'll see if they get it in today as there's plenty of rain uh, in the vicinity. Real quick, little baseball talk or a baseball round. I'm up wrapping up, big dog. And then I do want to get your thoughts on uh, Stanley Cup Game 4 last night and NBA Finals Game 5. In the American League, uh, the Red Sox knocked off the Yankees again 11 to Six. Big Poppy with another two-run homer. I think they had a 7 nothing lead after four innings. Do you get the feeling, dog, that Boston is establishing themselves as the team to beat kind of what we expected at the beginning of the year? Yeah, I'm definitely getting that feeling. They're finally, uh, they had, it, it was really amazing. Everybody was in a slump offensively, and mm-hmm. only Josh Beckett was throwing the ball well as a pitcher. 
for the Red Sox early on. So uh, I didn't really expect that to happen. Now, all of a sudden, Adrian Gonzalez is just being Adrian Gonzalez. He's got 50 RBIs already. Wow. Okay, and then uh, Carl Crawford has been really good the last three weeks. Dustin Pedroia, who's basically hit 235 the whole entire season, the last four or five games has been hitting line drives everywhere. So. Mm-hmm. And that's a former American League MVP. That's you know that's hitting in front of Adrian Gonzalez and Big Poppy. The last three weeks, Woo! been the hottest player in the game of baseball. Mm-hmm. So maybe not the, the hottest player. There's a, right Matt Kemp, Albert Pujols, Big Poppy. Right now, there's uh, Michael Morse from the Washington Nationals. Add one other guy to that list, Adam Lind. Oh, absolutely. Coach hit a grand slam yesterday. Woo! Yeah, there, there's a handful of guys right now that for like the last week or so are hitting about 450 with like all of them have five home runs each. Matt Kemp is as hot as anybody in the game of baseball right now. Yep, carrying the Los Angeles Dodgers uh, as far as you can. The Dodgers still, I think, five or six games beyond 500. Talk a little baseball here with the baseball expert, passionate Baseball fan Joel Radwanski, you want to join Big Dog on the discussion, give us a call at 888-463-6748. The phone number, Big Dog, uh, in the America League, Minnesota knocked off Cleveland 3-2. to two. The Twins, who I told you are out of it and will not be a factor this year, they now have won six out of seven. They're starting to show a pulse. Well, they better do it quickly. And wouldn't it be kind of cool if there was a four-team race in the American League Central? That would because I really don't think the Royals are going to be able to keep it up all year long. They just, they've got actually a pretty talented uh, fielding team, like uh, like but their pitching staff is just not going to be able to hold up, coach. But mm-hmm. if the Twins get involved, who knows? Maybe there's four teams vying to win 86 games this year. Do you know what I mean? And whoever that would be a phenomenal, phenomenal race for the American League Central, and I'm sure that's something. The White Sox do not want to hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't If you tell the White Sox fans the Tigers, <laughs> if you tell the White Sox fans the Indians, no problem. No, you know, you, you just bring up the Twins. <laughs> 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 oh, nightmares, yeah. nightmares! By the way, the Twins won that game in dramatic fashion yesterday. Your favorite player, Ben Revere. with a tenth inning base hit to uh, win the game in the tenth for Minnesota, three two. I've been raving about that kid for days now. Love, <laughs> love Ben Revere. Baltimore knocked off Oakland three to two. Orioles playing better, but the story here, big dog, is the Oakland A's have now lost nine consecutive games. They still got their manager, but they might not by the time they take the field tonight. Yeah, I coach. I predicted it yesterday that on the weekend he'll be gone. Oof. He's going to be gone, coach. So. Nine in a row. By the way, good matchup tonight. Oakland throwing their best pitcher, Trevor Cahill, against Mark Burley. Pretty good pitching matchup out of the U.S. Cellular Park. Uh, legitimately, Coach, uh, beer vendors are calling in sick today. <laughs> There's no reason to go. The game's going to be over in an hour and seven minutes. <laughs> uh, this is legitimately, Coach. This is this is one of those games that if you like a crisp, fast, well-played yeah. game, this is about what you're going to get. Trevor Cahill works faster than Burley does, and Burley is was the second fastest worker I've ever seen. Only Maddox works faster than Trevor Cahill, Coach. Great game for the players, bad for the vendors. <laughs> Quickly out to the parking lot guys, though. Parking lot guys, it's phenomenal. Quickly out to the uh, out to the National League. I'm watching Andrew McCutcheon getting a pie at his face right now. Got to talk about the Pittsburgh Pirates. They beat Arizona three to two. Their records at 500, folks. 500, and we're uh, over a third of the way through the season. How about that, McCutcheon, with a 12th inning walk off leadoff home run? Pirates playing a lot better, big dog, and they're celebrating in one of the finest parks in in the majors. 
Yeah, yeah, the, looking really good lately. The, the at bat that McCutcheon had the had the walk off home run, a great at bat. Got down to two strikes and just kept battling, battling, and battling, mm-hmm. and uh, just trying to make contact. And uh, he's a right handed batter, so he had to pull it right down the line because left center Death Valley in TNC Park, and he just got it over the fence. Coach, they walk off, they win. See, white or black? I always get confused. Andrew McCutcheon, uh, the dreadlocks. Okay. So I love the fact that he wore 85 as in spring training, and he has never changed his number. Because he was like, "I'm making the team. Give me a real number." They're like, "We're going to give you 85." Oh, cool. He's like, okay, I'm going to keep the number now. <laughs> That's, isn't that great? That is cool. So uh-huh. he come. You're talking about like before he had even stuck like as a rookie. Yes. Exactly. Trying out with the team, he's like a nondescript guy. They give him a number 85. I like that. Never heard uh-huh. that story before. So uh, the guy, I mean, if you watch him, he's one of my favorite players in the game, Coach. You know I rave about him every single day. Mm-hmm. So he's uh, he's the future center field of the Chicago Cubs. Hope so. Hope so. Yeah. By the way, uh, speaking of uh, numbers of significance, we mentioned Trevor Gretzky, the draft choice of the Chicago Cubs. He has in high school, and he plans to wear it in college and pros, he uh, continues to wear the number 99, which is, is kind of cool. He, is that why he decided to uh to uh, play baseball because he couldn't wear it in, in the, the NHL? No, I don't think so. I, I think he grew up in Los Angeles. And growing up as a kid out there, you know, hockey was not a big sport. I think I, think I read he played it a little bit. But, uh, you know, he just gravitated to baseball and to football. He was the quarterback for the high school football team as well. So the you great... Know- you know who uh, he was competing against his uh, his senior year? Yeah, there, I know Will Smith's kid was on the team. Yes, and and one other famous person, Joe Montana's. There you go, son. Nate. So the year before he was battling Joe Montana. Yeah. And, uh, Will Smith's kids on the team. Uh huh. And Wendell Tyler's kid is the halfback. Oh, one of my favorite Bears of all time. No, no, wait, not Wendell Davis. Wendell Tyler. Wendell Tyler. Los Angeles Ram running back out of UCLA. Yeah, and uh, won the world won the world championship as the 49er halfback. Okay, he was a really good player. Forgot about that. Yeah, uh, there's like the whole team is loaded with the whole team is loaded with famous uh, uh-huh. kids. Hey, one cool story by the way. We'll try to get through the baseball round. I'm up right up here. The one hour show rapidly sliding by, but one cool story, Big Dog. I know that if if you heard it, you loved it. If you have it, you will love it. The Texas Rangers, I think, one of their later round picks. Selected a, I'm not sure if it was a high school or college kid. It was a decent prospect at the time, but uh, had a serious injury. He is now paralyzed from the waist down, and they used one of their picks to pick this kid as a way of uplifting him and giving him a little spirit pickup. What a cool move that is. Uh, absolutely, Coach. Nolan Ryan, you know, I'm sure the president, the owner of the organization had to okay that. You yep. know what I mean? So that sometimes. That's just class, Coach. Yep. Pure class. Yep. Everything I hear about Nolan Ryan, I absolutely love, Coach. Everything about him. Maybe uh, you know, may- maybe they find a job for him. Uh, you know, coaching, marketing, administration, whatever it might be. But it is a cool story. Nolan Ryan, by the way, way overrated as a pitcher. Yeah, you know what, Coach? <laughs> it's funny that you say that. I agree. No, it's not. Because I, I was totally kidding. Well, why is it funny that I say that? I, I would I have to I don't mean overrated like he was bad. He he's more of like a longevity guy. You 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 kind of ripped Fergie Jenkins. Yeah, he wins twenty games, but he'd lose thirteen. Yes. Well, 
Nolan Ryan would win 19 games, but he'd lose 16. But he would have 370 strikeouts when he did it. So. I just remember Nolan Ryan being a lot greater for an extended period of time than Ferguson Jenkins would. Nolan, I, I, I uh, no, no, I'm not trying to tell you Adam yeah. Ferguson Jenkins was better than than Nolan Ryan. Mm-hmm. But I do believe Nolan Ryan, because he's got the most walks of all time, he's got the second most losses of all time. Interesting. I mean, don't don't forget this stuff, Coach. Okay. Then again, he has seven no-hitters and 5,714 strikeouts. So, I mean, and he also pitched on some of the worst teams in baseball, so that's mm-hmm. why he had – those Angel teams were horrible when he pitched for them, weren't they, Coach? Yeah. Oh. What, what happened to Nolan Ryan's kids? Noah, Noah Nolan Ryan Jr. up in the uh, – probably his kids are past that drafting age, but I don't think we ever heard about his kids as athletes. Well, uh, Nolan Ryan was so impotent as a pitcher that Uh-oh. he became impotent as a pitcher. Oh, boy. Little known story. I don't, I'm just making that up out there. I don't want <laughs> yeah. to get sued by Nolan Ryan. But he always off the field. He dressed play. extremely well, and you remember, if he was impotent – you have to dress impotent. Yeah, exactly. Thank you very much. San Francisco knocked off the Washington Nationals yesterday, three to one. The uh, defending champions, big deal. They lost Buster Posey, had a little bit of a mini uh, malfunction after that, but all of a sudden they're playing better baseball again. They've overcome the Posey loss, and the Giants are uh, comfortably in first place in the National League West. I I wonder how long that's going to last, Coach. But that, this white side kid that they that, that that is all of a sudden playing has been phenomenal. It's unless you know you lose Buster Posey, not only do you lose your backstop, which is and you, you know your your source of like uh, connection with your pitchers, mm-hmm. you lost your fourth hitter. Well, I mean this kid, they're not batting them fourth; they're batting them uh, seventh and eighth. But Coach, every time you know I look at the box score and check out what he did, he goes two for three with an RBI. You know, so. Uh, they haven't missed a beat yet. We're going to see because I, I got to tell you something. The Rockies are starting to play some really good baseball, and believe it or not, the, the Padres the last like two three weeks are starting to play pretty good. So, and, and and I think we we can all say that the Diamondbacks have a good enough offense to at least uh, be competitive the rest mm-hmm. of the way. All right, so National League West might be a division to watch out for. Uh, you mentioned Colorado; they beat San Diego yesterday, five to three. And finally, the Atlanta Braves over Florida Marlins, three to two. The Marlins having a pretty good season, big dog, up until about a week, week and a half ago. They've now lost seven games in a row, a major slump for Florida and the Atlanta Braves. Quietly, by the way, very quietly, pretty solid this year. Every year they're always solid. Yeah. They, they, they and, bring but, up this this Kimbrel kid. He's supposed to be the next great flamethrower. I'm like, oh yeah, right. Like he's like we've heard this a million times. Well, guess what, coach? He's the next great flamethrower in the game of baseball. <laughs> they had a rookie throw yesterday, Freddie Freeman, who pitched pretty well. Uh, Freddie Freeman is their first baseman coach. He's a rookie, and he's oh, I'm sorry. Freddie Freeman got the game winning base hit. Yeah, sorry yeah, about that. that. Yeah, that kid. Yeah. Uh, he's the next Jason Hayward. Oh, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> the Braves, they do it every year. The Braves they they come up with a position player. Yep. Whether you know. It, Year in, year out, they they just yeah. keep on coming up with, with and it, talent. And it's system. They don't necessarily trade for them. It's sort of like the St. Louis Cardinals. They build, uh, they'll make some trades, but they get guys from the system. That's what you got to like. And they produce when they get to the major league level. The other thing we should mention about the Atlanta Braves, they always, you mentioned how they always come up with a good season. They never have a down season, but now they got a new manager. So is it Freddie Gonzalez? He's kept the tradition going up from the now retired Bobby Cox. Well, the first year is the easiest year. 
you got the hangover, and then you got the team wanting to prove that, you know, hey, let's do it for the new manager. The second year, we're going to find out, you know, if it was the system. Yep. Or, you know what I mean? We're going That's to true. Set up. That's true. No. Well, I hope. I don't know where he is right now. He's retired. Uh, Hall of Fame, tremendous manager, Bobby Cox. I hope, David Olson, that we do not find out, you know, this guy's record is, is squeaky clean. But if, you know, Bobby Cox got into some marital trouble and did a little sexting situation, can you imagine following the Wiener scandal if we had the Cox scandal, Big Doe? I mean, that would that would not be good. Yeah, let's hope. Let's hope. And, and believe me, those are pictures you would not want to see. No, no, yeah. no. Even Andrew Breitbart would say, I'm staying away from that. Somebody else take the helm on this one. All right. Are we done with baseball, dog? Another cool story about the, the, the you were talking about the Marlins and the Braves that teamed up yesterday. Yeah. Yesterday, Eduardo Perez, who was doing the Baseball Tonight segment as an analyst for ESPN, okay. accepted the job as the Florida Marlins' new hitting coach. So yesterday, during Baseball Tonight, like they announced it, and then they go and they do the, the Marlin highlights, and he starts talking <laughs> about the, what he's going to change about the people that he's that, uh-huh. I'm not kidding. It was awesome. You know now, what I mean? He's like, yeah, I'm now the new coach of, the, of this team. This is the new approach I'm going to take. So they didn't they didn't surprise him on the air, but he had heard about it during the day. Yeah, yeah. So it was, and like, so they broke the news on air, and like, it was just a different way. And like, so, like you, you always hear people like, oh, well, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Like, do you when somebody asks you the question, you answer it. It was a little different with the guy being like, hey, I'm on air, and I'm the new coach, <laughs> and here's what I'm going to do differently for tomorrow. Like, yeah, I, it was like the first time in television history, I bet you. Wow. So what's his name? Eddie Eduardo? Eduardo Perez. So Eduardo Perez is out. There's a spot open on baseball tonight. Big Dog, I'm throwing your name. I'm throwing your hat in the ring. Coach, I think I would do an absolutely phenomenal job. I, we just have to convince yep. somebody at ESPN of this. I think you would, too. I think you would. I don't know who I'd pair you up with, but uh, you'd be a hell of a baseball I, I, analyst. I, Reese Davis, I definitely can go with him. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, if ESPN doesn't want me, I'd be more than happy to go back to MLB Network, Coach. I see you possibly with Rick Sutcliffe. No, you don't want Sutcliffe and me together. Yeah, I think you know, I do. Can you imagine? Yeah, I am imagining. That's why I'd like the two of you together. If we if Sutcliffe and me together, Coach, yeah. you, you, like legitimately, we would have to do the show at like 4 o'clock in the morning. Okay? <laughs> Otherwise, they'd have to shut down every bar in that city. <laughs> I, I did not know that was the reputation of a Rick Sutcliffe. The Red Baron is legendary. Really? Legendary, yeah. Okay, maybe not such a good combination then. Fire and ice, good. Fire and fire, not so good. Uh, by the way, I found out why Rick Sutcliffe, we're talking about like the speed that pitchers work at earlier. Mm-hmm. And I found out why Sutcliffe works so slow. It was because he had to wait until his arm stopped hurting before he could throw the next pitch. It's no joke. He would like, throw the pitch and like, grunt and have to walk around the mound for like 30 seconds uh-huh. and then throw the next pitch. Uh, not good. No, it wasn't. Not good pitching with a hangover. Hey, real quick, we got an email from uh, from Dina in Denver. She wants to know if Big Dog can pick a winner, an uh, upset winner. Dina wants you to pick an upset winner, the 143rd run of the Belmont Stakes, Big Dog. So she's looking for someone besides Animal Kingdom or Shackleford, the uh, final leg of the Triple Crown being run this Sunday. Let me throw some names out there and see if any of them stick for you, okay? Okay. Uh, Stay Thirsty. No. Ruler on Ice. Santiva. Monzone. Prime Cut. 
Mucho Macho Man, that's too much of a, uh, isn't he perfect? Or those are pretty much your upset ones. So none of those. Oh, how about Master of Hounds? Uh, I would say because uh, I would say Master of the Hounds because that song from uh, Les Miserables. Okay. I'm talking about Master of the Hounds, Deep Rudd, and that uh-huh. reminds me of that. So I'm going to go with that. Jackie. And I love that song. There it is. So uh, Dina from Denver, Master of Hounds, could be your surprise horse in the 143rd run. It should be a great race Sunday. I'll be watching Big Dog Shacklefort. I'm all about Shackleford now. One of my favorite horses of recent years takes on Animal Kingdom in a battle to see who can win two out of three and a lot of other horses trying to knock them off. Was that horse horse sired by North Carolina State Vietnam NBA (laughs) bus Chris Shackleford? I don't think so. Might have been sired by Swan Nader, though, possibly. Really? That's one horse. Yeah, could have been. Maybe Billy Cunningham might have done it. You don't remember Billy Cunningham? Of course I do, Coach. He won the the 1983 NBA championship as the build up to 76. You're, you're bringing back old North Carolina boy. North when I was a kid, North Carolina basketball. I was in love with. That was Charlie Scott. You ever heard of Charlie Scott, Big Dog? Yes, I've heard of Charlie Scott. I was I was Charlie Scott early and often out in my driveway shooting 12 to 15 foot pull up jumpers. Yeah, <laughs> while you were doing that, Coach, I was imitating George Scott. <laughs> Hopefully not shooting baskets. No, I would I would go around, slap around like when I was like in kindergarten. I would slap around some of the other girls. Yeah. I mean, like you know, act tough. I mean, take a big vicious swing, grow the afro out, coach. <laughs> George Scott might have been the third biggest head in baseball history. Second, I think has to be current Major Leaguer Dave uh, Big Poppy Ortiz, and the largest head in Major League Baseball goes to 1960 Detroit Tiger great Gates Brown. Okay, I, I don't. I have to admit, I don't know uh, Greg Gates Brown's side of the size of his head, but George Scott and Louis Tian on the same team. <laughs> oh boy! I mean, that, that, I mean, that's that's some serious headwear. <laughs> I mean, like seriously, like when you're the when you're the like, I gotta order a I gotta order an eight and a quarter for this dude. You can swim in that thing. Oh, goodness. Hey, real quick, couple of minutes left, Big Dog. Baseball intensive today, but uh, NHL playoffs yesterday, the Boston Bruins all over Vancouver. My goodness, have you ever seen a series take such a direct right turn, 90-degree turn, U-turn, whatever you want to call it, as this particular playoff has? It's 2-2 two to two now, and suddenly Boston's on top of the world. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's happened a lot, Coach. And I can I can give you just in basketball, uh, the Bulls heat. You know what I mean? Mm, what sure that series took. Not as dramatic as this one. I give it back because it's two games? No, just Vancouver in complete control. Clearly the better team the first two games, and then it's like... But they won barely the better team. They won in overtime and then with 19 seconds to go. Ah, good point. Okay, you know, so it's I, I, it's, I, I have never seen a, a two beatdowns like this when it looked like it's... I, I, I do just know what you're saying. That one team is totally in control, and then they get the crap beat out of them two games in a row. Wow. Yeah, doesn't happen very often. Eight to one, couple days ago, four nothing yesterday. Now uh, NHL still goes two two one one one. Back to Vancouver we go. Can the Canuck right the ship, Big Dog? The favored team, Vancouver. I thought they were well on their way, but uh, what, what do you see happening the rest of the way? Uh, I, I definitely see this going seven, Coach. So I, I, I hate to, yeah. I, I hate to sit on the fence. I see Vancouver, Boston, and then we'll find out for Game Seven, and I'm probably going to go Boston in seven. Okay. I know, from a spectator standpoint, I'd like to see it. 
go Game 7, just because, as you know, I'm a big fan of the Game 7. Oh, absolutely. No matter what sport it is. Yep. Heck, I can watch Division Two Women's Softball National Championship yep. game, Coach. And, yep. you, and I did the other day. That was phenomenal, yep. by the way. I was watching it. Do or die elimination championship uh, sport is some of the best viewing entertainment. Now, I was watching that, but the, that game, it was 0-0. All of a sudden, in the fourth inning, this pitcher hadn't given up a hit, gave up a bloop single, uh-huh. and then proceeded to give up nine runs in Flood, a women's softball game. And they floodgates lost. open. Seriously, it was like the, the the single like messed her up, like because she kind of like glared out at the people because it was like a very similar to the Brent Morell Juan Pierre situation. Mm-hmm. And the floor gets open, you got to suck it up. Your teammates made a mistake. Okay, suck it up. Don't let, don't give up nine runs and go to the bench crying. And that's what happened to the poor girl. No question about it. Uh, about one minute to uh, bring up the NBA finals, and that's probably about forty five seconds too much. Mavs two, Heat two, game five tonight. Big dog, LeBron James getting a lot of flack for an off game. Uh, you see LeBron coming back big today. It's at Miami. Yeah, he should. No, no, it's at. Uh, Dallas. Oh, I'm sorry, at Dallas. That's right, two three two. Yeah, um, I, I see Dallas winning this game, Coach. I see Dallas winning the game. Oof. Three two headed back to Miami. That'd be pretty good. I do expect uh, LeBron James to play a, a phenomenal game, Coach. A phenomenal, mm-hmm. phenomenal game. But you think you think Dallas has got the mojo working right now? You know, you know, I was on him a little bit the other day. You know, just being like it was kind of a poor game. But the other way, to act like he didn't care or didn't want to win. Are those people out of their minds? You know, that that guy that cracks me up. Even though I'm, I think I abuse him, but I think I give him the right amount of criticism, LeBron James. But some of these people, the way they have piled on and bashed this guy, mm-hmm. you know, it's, some yeah. of it is a little funny. Yeah, just because he doesn't dominate the ball and hog the ball and take bad sh- Would you rather have him pull a Derrick Rose and take some ridiculously bad shots late in the game? No, maybe he played too much of a secondary role, but he does have other stars on the team. All I'm, I'm, I'm all about LeBron James. I, I like the way he... He's very, very unselfish. I appreciate that aspect. Yeah, it's pretty cool. That's I do like that about him, Coach. Mm-hmm. That, that's a strength, a weakness. Yeah. All right, Dawn, we got to wrap it up. Great job. We'll talk to you tomorrow. The week flying by. Friday show tomorrow. He's out. God bless you. David Olson on the other side of the glass. Randy Myers, engineer extraordinaire, making the show come alive today. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 10 o'clock for thetalkzone.com. And the two guys at a mic show, we appreciate you joining us. Have a great day, everybody.